The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You can not only learn from your mistakes, you can celebrate them. They define who you are and serve as a learning tool to become your most beautiful self ever. Welcome to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting, with your host, Jim Stacy. Jim is the author of 11 books and is here to help you experience the power of the divine deep within yourself. It's inside you. You just have to know where and how to look for it. Now, here is Jim Stacy. And thank you again to all of you listening uh, for joining me today. I have some really good, I think, insights, challenging insights, and very rewarding insights to share with you today. But thank you to all of you who have contacted me, sent in your thoughts, your ideas, shared your personal experiences. I really appreciate that. You can always reach me on my website, The Divine Is Within Us at Oops, I'm sorry, www.thedivineiswithinus.com. On my Facebook page, The Divine Is Within Us, and you'll hear the Gmail address given throughout the show, thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. On the website, you'll find the very first page, uh, 10 different uh, manuscripts that I've written that talk in more detail about all the things that I share with you on the show. But today I'm going to be picking a very special task, a very special spiritual process, a spiritual practice that we all can learn much more about. And without this spiritual principle of giving birth to a new self, we will be continuously lost in just the ordinary, everyday, mundane things of this three-dimensional planet. There's so much more than just cars and houses and boats and sports and all these things we have to deal with, as important as some of those are, but we must remember that we are here for much, much, much more than just relating to a three-dimensional world. To most of us, the concept of giving birth to a new self holds great meaning as we walk in some of the old patterns that we haven't yet been able to change. Those old patterns, the old feelings that lead us into some actions that we'd rather not have to deal with, can all be changed. They can all be transformed into what we've always longed to be. We are not here just to live in a three-dimensional world, to get a job or two or three, to raise a family, to go on vacation, to retire, to somehow find meaning in all of that. No, we are worth much more than growing old and dying without knowing why we're here. But all that old stuff that we experience within us, the old attitudes that we know we'd like to change, the old values that we know are not the best, how did those come to happen to us? How did those get into our lives? 
and how did you get to be the person that you are today? Why am I the person that I am instead of being like others? The truth is that we are all alike in many ways, yet in other ways we are all quite different. But why am I unique? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Why is there no one else on the planet just like you? That's a good thing, because you are here to do something and to be someone that no one else can do or be. But how did all that happen? The truth is that all of us are the results of every one of our past choices. You look back over your life and make a list of the choices that you've made. Well, it would be an endless task, number one. But to look at the choices that we've made that have defined us perhaps more clearly than other choices. Why did we go here? Why did we go there? Why did we choose this career? Why did we choose that path? All of our past choices are the choices that have made us who we are today. Why did you choose to be born to the parents that gave you birth? What does all of that have to do with who you are and why you have come to the planet? Who are you here to be? Your parents, your family, all the people you knew growing up, the schools you went to, the neighborhoods you lived in as a child, the jobs that you've had, the career that you've chosen, or more than one career for most of us, it seems, and the education that we've had are all choices that we made. We said, I'm going to do this, and we did it. We are the result of every one of our past choices all rolled together and our responses to the life situations that we have encountered along the way. But self-birthing, what in the world is that? What could that possibly mean? And yet, that is exactly what Yeshua taught. You must give birth to a new self continuously, he said. And this, my friends, is the adventure of our lifetime. To give birth to a new self is not only possible, it is there for us to choose any day, any moment. We are not stuck anywhere. We are not stuck in any pattern or anything from the past. We're not stuck in sitting on the porch dreaming about what might be. We can get up and choose. Choice is the key. And if you go back to the archives of past shows, you'll find in show number 13, I talked about the power of choice. Choice is everything when it comes to life. Choice is who we are and who we are also going to be. But as Yeshua taught, give birth to a new self continuously. This has nothing to do with the dogma of the church. It has nothing to do with going to church because theology cannot help us when it comes to birthing a new self. Yeshua never said, believe in this dogma and you'll be a new person. (laughs) He knew better. It was man-made religion and the theology that came out of that that has replaced the beauty and the power of birthing a new self because it's the church and their dogma or religion of any kind and their dogma that wants to control you. The men of religion want 
to be those who define who you are. Are you going to let them? Have you let them in the past? I know I had, and I gave that up a long time ago. But you can choose for yourself who you are, who you're going to be, and you can say no to every person, every voice that wants to define you so that they feel more comfortable about controlling people. No, you are you. You get to choose. Self-birthing is knowing the delights of being truly alive. It is the spiritual practices of knowing and experiencing the kingdom of heaven within you that you've heard me talk about many times. You, my friend, you, the one that's hearing my voice right now, you are the divine in human form. Had we only been taught this since we were little children, our whole lives would be different. But no, we were taught to be somehow satisfied with the craziness of a capitalist society that's gone awry. Nothing is further from the truth today than capitalism that has produced billionaires and starving children. Why? i tell you why. It's because men do not have the courage to birth a new self or to be more real. They are selfish, introverted, and all they want is more and more and more. But the person who learns how to birth a new self is the person who is free from greed. It is the person who is free from pushing others away. To birth a new self changes everything. The kingdom of heaven within you is the divine within you. We are here not just to run through the issues of life, not to believe what other people say we are. We're here to choose who we are and what we want to be. The differences between the Aramaic Yeshua and the church that has lied to us are life-changing. Life or death, the choice is yours. The hardest and the most rewarding work that I've ever done is the deeper work of in the inner work of birthing a new me. I am not the same person. I was a month ago, a year ago, certainly 20, 30 years ago. I am different, and I'm working on it all the time. I've got more work to do. I've got more transformation to experience. I carried a lot of baggage from my religious past and the church, baggage that held me back from being the best self I could be, the baggage that told me who I was instead of allowing me to choose, the past where I had to learn to lay down the old weights, the old beliefs and smallness, the not good enough lies that I was told, the, the forgetfulness of pretending. I found in all of that that the real work of transformation was what I needed to learn about. I needed to give birth to a new me. I was not stuck. I just needed to choose. There's no greater reward, no greater delight than giving birth to a new self and living in the power of choosing for yourself. That's not selfishness. That's the divine within you saying you're here, you're unique, you're love. How do you want to be an expression of that? Being religious is the easy path, but the cost of going that direction is far greater than all the money dropped in the offering plates. Walking the spiritual path of Yeshua or Jesus is difficult, 
at times. And it is gloriously, powerfully wonderful. I can't say enough how beautiful it is. It will test every fiber of our being, yes, and yet the rewards are immense. To embody and become a living example of what Yeshua taught requires years of inner work. Nobody can do it quickly. It's truly a life's work. And this is why we are here. We have to understand that life is much more than what the world of capitalism and religion has told us. We are here. We are growing. We are becoming. Let me ask you this. What is on your next page? The next page of the story of your life. So you've had a bad chapter or two. That's okay. All books have them. What is your next chapter going to be like? What do you choose to be? What do you choose to change? It's okay to say, I really messed this up. It's okay. So I'm going to change it. I used to be this. I used to have these patterns and these values and these ideas. I'm changing it all because I choose to be the most beautiful person, the most beautiful self that I can possibly be. It's up to you. You can do it. You're here to do it. And the next part of the show, I'm going to be talking to you more and more about how you can do it and what some of those goals look like. It's time for a break right now, so I'll be right back with you in two or three minutes. This is the Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles. And you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian, available right now on Amazon.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to the divine is within us at gmail.com. Again, that's the divine is within us at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. So I have a list of issues, uh, principles, or whatever you want to call them, uh, concepts that we are called to embody. No one can make a complete list. 
I'm not trying to tell you this is all. No way. Because no one person's list will be exactly the same as another's. Oh, there will be similarities, sure. But we all express things differently. And that's good. We all see things differently. We understand things differently. And all of that is good. You can be you and celebrate the differences and the similarities. So the first point, the first concept that I think is really important when it comes to birthing a new self is the idea of personal emptying. For those of you who heard my very first show about who, who I am, I told you the story of how I learned to empty what was inside of me, empty the things that needed to go, the emptying of all the old patterns, the old habits, the blind spots, and all the things that I learned to substitute for divine presence. I have to clean my own filters. I have to give birth to something new. And before I can do that, I have to own everything that I am. Own it. Yes, that's me. And I'm not proud of it, but doggone it, I'm going to change it. I am changing it. So we empty. We choose an attitude that needs to go, and we say, this is going to go. And here is what I'm going to replace it with. It always requires both. What is going away and what I'm welcoming and learning to become. It was... Rumi that said, yesterday I was so clever that I wanted to change the world, but today I am wise, so I am changing myself. (laughs) The Aramaic understanding of prayer is that of emptying the old patterns, the old issues, the old energies that are preventing me, get this if you don't get anything else today, the old energies are what are preventing us from receiving all the beauty the, the things we've been longing for, the things we've wondered why I can't make this happen in my life or why isn't this showing up or that, emptying of the old and welcoming what you choose to replace it. I promise you, my friends, every time you do that, you will find a new energy birthing within you. You will find the blocks removed and something coming into your life that you've longed for and you've wondered why you couldn't have it before. Every time I've emptied an old energy, an old pattern, I have experienced an answer to something that I've been looking for. Every time. There, this is so beautiful. I can't say this loud enough or long enough. The key to having what you long for is emptying the old stuff that no longer serves you. The second point is surrender. The spiritual pruning process whereby my ego is less and less in charge of who I am. The grapevine that is pruned is the one that will bear the most fruit. As Rumi said again, maybe you're searching among the branches for what can only be found in the roots. Oh, my friends, that is so true. Opening my heart, opening all my inner self to what is true to what I need to know about myself, to what I need to own about myself, to what I need to change and replace and grow, I surrender to the process. To surrender is not to give up. Surrender is to open to more. To admit that I don't see it all, 
and to ask for an expansion of my consciousness. Surrender is welcoming more, not giving up anything at all. Because in surrender, you are still in charge. You are still choosing. You're just asking for more uh, concepts, more variety, more possibilities to choose from. And you can do it. The choice is always yours. Number three, commitment. The choice to enter a lifelong process rather than just thinking that, oh, some kind of inner work is oh, probably a good idea, but, you know, I'm not really quite ready for it yet. But the choice to live beyond beliefs in the head and actually live from the heart is what we're looking at. To choose to live the truth instead of just thinking about it. That is a deep choice that every one of us have to make somewhere deep inside of our old life and the life that we want to live. Then there's the idea of transforming our inner shadows. The brighter the sun shines, the more I'll see the work that I need to do. The more light I let in, the more I choose to be that light. And Yeshua said, you are the light in the world. You are all lights. And that light within you, as you've heard me say in other shows, that light that you hold within you is the divine itself. You are the divine. You are the light. You can let it shine. Oh, we all have work to do with that. But I'm telling you, it is so magnificent to know that our light is shining more and more. Your light is different than anybody else's light. The light you have to bring to the planet is not exactly the same as anybody else's. The world needs your light. My friend, the world needs you to be you. Next, we can choose to remember to forget forgetfulness. <laughs> I said that on purpose, of course. But to remember to not forget, to forget forgetfulness. The daily choice to continue on the spiritual path of choosing. This is the choice to stop running from pain and suffering and to actually look for the lessons that pain and suffering want to teach us. You go back in the archives to show number 10, you'll find a show called Claiming the Gifts in Pain and Suffering. It's a powerful process. It is a beautiful place to be. And again, as Rumi said, the wound is the place where the light enters you. He also said the cure for the pain or for pain is the pain. What does he mean? He means exactly what I've been saying. We get rid of the old. We birth the new. The gift in pain and suffering is what is it trying to teach us? And I've said before, look pain and suffering in the eyes. Look it in the face and say, I demand you to tell me why you're in my life. I want to know the insight. I want to know the lesson. I want to know why you're here so I can choose to move beyond to a more beautiful experience. Next, listening so I can continue to enlarge my perspectives. So many times we don't listen to each other. Uh, we listen to respond. Uh, we listen to give our own opinion. Uh, we listen to sometimes reject. But are we truly listening? The listening heart is the one that grows and expands and celebrates the beauty of being alive. The human problem so often is that we listen to respond or to argue instead of listening to learn. 
there's an old pattern that I see it all the time, and I'm sure you do too, and I've summed it up in three words. The three words are fixation, distortion, and diversion. Now, what do I mean? When someone is listening to you, have you ever had or do you remember the last time you had the experience of someone just didn't really hear you? In fact, they heard the wrong thing. And then they change it into something that you didn't say, and then on they go to tell you how wrong you are. Well, this happens all the time. People fixate, focus on something that we have said that they don't like. And so what do they do with it? Instead of listening and trying to learn from it, the next thing they do is they distort it. Well, you said this, and you didn't really say that at all. It's their interpretation of what you said. And then off they go on a diversion to try to explain what really the truth is instead of hearing what you said. Distraction is always hidden behind these three words. Fixation, distortion, and diversion. I don't have any more time to talk about that today, but we will more in the days to come. But asking questions more than trying to give answers. In doing that, we miss opportunities to learn each time that we do not listen to other people's ideas and their experiences. The next issue is letting go of our attachments, our attachments to the visible world. And again, if you go back to the shows in the archives, uh, shows number 11 and 12, I talked about the priorities of internals over externals, and you can get a a lot more information there. But why are we attached to the things that we don't want to let go? What have we allowed to take place of internal empowerment? That is what we need to ask ourselves. The next point is giving to others what they need, not what I think they need. So if we listen to each other long enough to really understand what another person needs, the the most beautiful way that I can serve another person is to help them find or give and experience what they really need. The next point is embodiment, holding these principles within as a way of being, choosing to find ways to live the truth in actions instead of just words. And then there's nurturing. Nurturing is being alert as to how I can be the most loving person I can be with each person in each situation of life. Loving does others doesn't always require a personal contact with them. Loving can sometimes be most powerfully seen in choosing not to criticize or choosing to let somebody be free and not have to try to correct them. They will learn just as we are learning. It can be seen in choosing to not respond to others' unconscious acts and instead returning kindness to them for something that they have done that was hurtful. That's a tough one. But it works. It works every time. The next point is connection. My commitment to remain in connection with everyone possible, no matter how difficult. And sometimes, yes, we have to do it from a distance. Not everybody will let us get close enough to stay connected. But we, in our deepest self, can be connected to everyone. Being patient with people while they're in a nasty place, (laughs) being loving towards a person, deep inside myself, even when I can't talk to them or don't want to talk to them, it's still the same. Loving others doesn't mean anything but seeing and knowing 
seeing who they are, seeing who we are, and knowing that we're all changing. Then I have to look at monitoring my effect on other people. To choose to do no harm, to cause no difficulty, to allow others to grow beyond where they are today, this is so important. We are all in a different place in life to learn different insights and values. Sometimes I think the best thing I can say to somebody else is, bless you on your path. Yes, just simple as that. Bless you on your path. Have a great day. Even though I know that they have much to learn, and I know that I also have much to learn. I never leave myself out of the picture. I always own my truth and be open to changing myself. I want to know my most beautiful self. I want to live in the power and the energies of my most beautiful self. You get to choose what your most beautiful self looks like, and you get to choose every step along the path to becoming that. It's time for another break. I'll be right back with you. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian, available right now on Amazon.com. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles, and you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Be Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. Again, that's thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. So our next point along the way here is, as I would share it, identifying with others as fellow pilgrims on the path back home. My friends, we are all on the same path, different in many ways in detail, but we are all on the same path. We are heading back home. Home the place where we've come from before we were incarnated in a physical body on this planet in this time. So we need to identify with each other and say, well, there's another, there's another fellow pilgrim. Gee, oh, and there's another one. And there's another one. We're all pilgrims walking the path back home. Many of the lessons that we are here to learn are very similar. 
to those that others have to learn to. One of the best things I've learned <laughs> to say to myself when I see other negative energies or other things happening around me is, wow, I've done that too. I've been guilty of that. Or there goes me on another day. <laughs> Every person is a reflection of my own self many times. Just the other day, I saw a, a young uh, kid driving uh, down through town and he cut through the the corner through a restaurant and back behind out to just to avoid the traffic light. And I said, what in the world's he doing? And suddenly I heard deep inside myself, do you remember the last time you did that? Hmm, yes, I did. And so I choose to say there's a fellow pilgrim and I'm not going to criticize. The next point is enlarging compassion. If we want others to be compassionate toward us, we must learn to be compassionate for others first. We can't expect that if we haven't been giving it. If I were in the situations that I see others wrestling with, how would I want them to treat me? The old phrase rings in my ears, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Why can we not learn that? Why is it so hard? I'll tell you one thing. It's extra hard in a crazy, greedy, capitalist society. But we can live above that. I choose to live above those energies. I choose to be to others what I would want them to be to me. Not easy, but oh, how rewarding it is. Then, the next point, I need to see my judgments as projections of myself. And right here is one of the most difficult things that I've had to learn. Why do I judge others? Most of the time, if I'm honest, I will find that I'm rejecting something that I need to admit about myself and change it. Back in the archive of shows number eight and nine, we talked about understanding the human shadow and finding light in our dark places. This is the key. And when I understand that all others are mirrors for me, then I am awakening to higher consciousness. It's not you are guilty, it's we. And what are we going to do about it? And beyond that, what am I going to do about me? The next point is allowing all the past to contribute to my awareness. To allow all the past to become part of what I am doing now to become a new self. But first, I must admit that about all the things that I've had to work on and the issues that I still have to deal with, my past can be a powerful tool to take me into a more beautiful future. I have to take me with me, I've said many times. So if I'm going to take myself along with me and I can't do it any other way, why not be the best I can be? Take the most beautiful me along the way and let's do it. I remember years ago, I talking to a group of people and, and I was talking about vacation, going on vacation. <clears throat> and I said to the group, remember this, you have to take yourself along with you on your, even on your vacation. And some people didn't quite know what to do with that. But we always have ourselves with us. And sometimes that's our biggest struggle. So making use of the present as it unfolds is the key. What is real right now? And what do I have to work on in, on my path right now 
Today is the first day of the rest of this lifetime and the rest of your forever. Now is the only moment we ever have to choose differently. Today is the first day. We are going back home. This is not the first time we've been here, but what are we doing with this lifetime? That is the key. And the last point for today, continuing to seek deeper truths. The quest is never over, never. We can wait for a long time sitting on the porch of life for something to come to us, or we can get up, we can choose, we can be different, we can grow and learn and become. Just like a ship that you heard me talk about before that is safe inside the harbor, but what happens when the storm comes? That's not what a ship was made for, to sit in a harbor. You are like that ship. You were born to sail the seas of life. And you, my friends, we are safer in a storm on the high seas than we are hiding in the harbor when the storm hits. A ship that is sailing is always safer than one that's hiding in what looks like or feels like safety. Helen Keller said it very well when she said that beyond the experiences of this lifetime, there really is no safety. So why don't we open ourselves up and step into outright exposure because you're no safer hiding than you are facing everything that would come to you. That's a paraphrase of her phrase, what she said, not the exact quote. So it requires of us a shift in consciousness to make the shift from the ego to spirit, from the shadow side of listening to my ego to intuition and learning to listen to the spirit of the divine within me, our real self, our highest self, our most beautiful self. We listen to the quiet, uh, inaudible voice of ego all the time. So why shouldn't we learn to listen to the inaudible, uh, quiet voice of spirit? We can learn, and we learn through developing our intuition. And I'll have more information on a show coming up soon on the intuition and what that is about. But to make the shift from ego to spirit, we must move beyond poor me and the way we used to ask the question so many times, why did that happen to me? Why? We scream and yell sometimes. Why did that happen? We need to change the emphasis of the question, and we can say, why did that happen for me? Not why did it happen to me, why did this happen for me? What is the insight to be gained? What is the lesson to be learned? What is this all about? We can sit and complain and scream and yell, or we can say, hmm, I wonder, and I'm going to find out why it's here because I'm seeking to learn more and more. I want to learn more. I want to love more. I want to know the courage to be and become. I want to know what there is beyond what I think is real. I want to know more. And how will we know? The spiritual path practices, the whole list I've just given you, and many more are always present for you to step into, for me to step into, and claim them and be them. If you are satisfied with life as you know it, you'll never get to your most beautiful self. 
Remember this, my friends, we all die in the same way that we've lived. If we live unconsciously, we will die unconsciously. If we live attached to the things of this world, we will die regretting that we have to leave everything behind. But those who are conscious now will die in, unco- in, in consciousness. If we live in consciousness, the time we make our transition will be also in a place of consciousness. And we'll know what's happening. And with no regrets, once we have fulfilled our life purpose and we know it, it's easy to say goodbye to this three-dimensional reality and say, okay, it's time for me to go back home. We die in the same way we've lived, whether consciously or otherwise. Death will be the reaping of what I've sown. I am determined to die smiling and laughing because at the time that I die, I choose to know that I've done my work and I've accomplished the task that I've come here to do. This day is truly the first day of the rest of my forever. I'm eternal. I'm already, I already have eternal life, and so do you. So how are we doing with that? Beyond this one lifetime, there is nothing but pure connection with the divine presence. What will I contribute to that realm by doing my work here and now? How do I choose to see the world, and how do I choose to be in it? And how do I choose to look at life as my gift to the world? It's so important that we understand these issues. It's so important. The ego-driven voice is an enemy to spiritual growth. The ego refuses to give up its certainty and its isolation and its competition and its antagonism. But Jesus said the problem spoke it very clearly, and his answer was one of the most consistent answers he ever gave, and that was to see the world from the viewpoint of the humblest person, the weakest person, and the poorest one. We see life from the perspective of those who do not have what we have. We begin to see what we've substituted and made more real than what truly we need to be seeing. What is in life? that holds the greatest value for you. Are you remembering? Do you remember where you've come from? Do you remember what you came here to do? And where are you going today? Years ago, I had to leave a little town in Illinois, Fisher, Illinois. I don't know if the town's even there today. It was so small, but uh, I think it probably is. That very small town in the midst of the Corn Belt of Illinois was a place where I experienced the shadow masculine all around me. It all seemed so normal. I knew of no other way of being. After high school, I went to work full-time in a local newspaper, and I had already bought a home there, and I was planning to settle down. I planned to get married, and I didn't know any more than to stay in that little town. I shudder to think of what my life would have been had I stayed, but at the age of 21, I had to leave. I did, and I've never returned, except for a brief visit years ago. I broke up with a girlfriend that I had, and off I went to Chicago to begin my theological education. (laughs) A mistake, I thought many times, and yet, in the midst of that was the gift. A 
gift that I learned in the midst of all the theology and the structures of, of religion, I had to go through it. I had to feel it. I had to see it and know it and experience the pain so that I could be where I am today, right here on Voice America Talk Radio, sharing with you the message of power and of hope, of birthing a new self, of being free to choose who you are, and celebrating life every single day. Time for another break. I'll be right back with you. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles. And you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian, available right now on Amazon.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to the divine is within us at gmail.com. Again, that's the divine is within us at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. So I left that little town at the age of 21, went to one of the biggest cities in the country, Chicago. I didn't know then why I had to leave that little place. Yet today I know that it was the best choice of my life, or at least one of them. But you know, my friends, leaving home, that concept of leaving home, in it is a spiritual metaphor. We have to leave home in order to find who we are. Yes, home can be anything from very good to very bad, but home is a place where we sometimes or many times have not been able to truly choose for ourselves. It is so vastly important to choose. The familiar life horizon many times becomes outgrown, and the old concepts or the old patterns and ideals, they just no longer fit us. It is time at that point to pass through a threshold of change. We all have to grow up. Sometimes we're afraid. Sometimes there are human beings at the age of 50 or 60 that haven't learned to grow up yet. How sad. 
But at the end of childhood, whenever that might be, we are called to move out of the immaturity of whatever that might have been and move into the responsibility of adulthood. If we do not make this passage, then we can end up attaching ourselves to some childhood home or some place where we just would rather stick to or hold on to uh, and be safe. And if we do that, we will not mature. That is so obvious. And yet, what is not so obvious is what home means to each of us when we need to leave it and how that is to happen. Did I know why I was really leaving Fisher, Illinois? Of course not. As I look back and try to remember, it all seems like such a strange story. Was it really my story? I had to ask myself. And as I trace each year since then, I can only say that there has been a hand guiding my life. I didn't know what to call that years ago because I rejected the ideas of, of this angry God up in the sky nonsense. But I knew that there was a loving divine presence. And that hand on my life was always there in the midst of everything to guide me and teach me and help me wake up and help me survive what now looks like the impossible. How did I survive all that I went through? There were moments of synchronicity and provision that could only come from the hand of the divine. And yet, how do we find the courage to let go of the things that feel so certain and so safe and comfortable? How can I let go and create the space for some new possibilities to unfold? And, my friends, we are called to do this not just once, not just at the end of one childhood, but many times throughout life, when the old certainties need to be replaced and perhaps even let go of completely. But at that point, at those many points throughout our lifetime, we can always go within and find the courage to take that huge step across the threshold, leaving the old behind, taking with us what was valuable, but always then opening to what is new and beautiful. Yeshua taught about leaving home, and I love the work of, I just lost his name for a second, uh, an author that wrote about the hero with a thousand faces, Joseph Campbell. I love his works, the, the stories that he tells, his interviews with Bill Moyers about the myths of life. But so often we don't understand that we are called to leave home. Like Joseph Campbell talks about the hero, the hero's journey, the, the one who had to leave home and find their true self and then come back to in the expression of the new person, the new being that they are. And I had to experience the utter blindness of that little town in order to one day leave it. There can be no greater difference between the experiences that I had there and what I've had for the rest of my life. Yeshua taught in a story called The Prodigal Son. He talked about leaving home. And that story is in the scriptures, it's one of those stories that he told. It's not a true story. It's not a story of something that really happened, but it was a story that he told in order to convey a truth. 
the prodigal son, the son who was fed up with home, tired of living there, thought there had to be something further and more adventures, but he was looking at it in a bit of a wrong way. He was looking at it just as an escape instead of the process of growing. But he did grow, and he learned. And this prodigal son took what he said belonged to him or asked for that from his father, and he went away. And he spent many years on his own, discovering what life was all about. He made a lot more mistakes, and we all do. And yet we learn from our mistakes. We learn, and we learn to celebrate our mistakes. We learn to gain the insights and say, wow, I'm glad I made that mistake. And yet I have more to learn. So the prodigal son went off on his own. And he had quite a few adventures. And he was not many days uh, after he left, he found himself in a distant country. And there, after being very successful or very happy for a while, a famine came along and he found himself in great need. Well, the story of the prodigal son is that he realized that he'd made a huge mistake. Yes, he left home and that was good. Yes, he was learning, and that's good. The mistake was not that he left and had to learn things. That was the good, that's the gift. The biggest mistake would have been had he stayed home and never left. And what he learned on his journey, when he was in the place of not having anything at all to depend on, eating corn husks with the pigs, the scripture says, and experiencing all kinds of deep, serious needs. He came to himself one day, and he said, I must arise, and I must go home. And in that story is a picture of you and me. We leave home, we leave the past as it was, and we say, I must find who I really am. I must understand that I'm the divine in human form. I must find the, the gifts in pain and suffering. I must learn to transform my shadow. I must learn to birth a new self. And how do I do that? So often the birthing of a new self comes as we work through our mistakes and learn from them. So that's the story. And I could go on for a long time about the prodigal son, what he learned, but he one day said, I'm going to return. I must go back home. And my friends, that is our lesson too. While we find ourselves lost in many ways in this three-dimensional capitalist society, we can always return home. And the words of Yeshua today are just as powerful as they were then. We can give birth to a new self. We can find out who we are. We can discover more and more. We can return to the divine that is within us. We can find our true selves, and we can know far more than we've ever yet known. I cheer you on, my friends. Bless you on your path as you birth a new self. And I'll be saying much more about this in the weeks to come. Next week, I'm going to be talking about the power of living in gratitude. One of the most beautiful and powerful lessons that I have ever learned, and I still practice it today. It is one of the most beautiful things I can share with you. And I'll do that next week. So that's all the time we have for today. This is Jim Stacy. I will see you next time.
Thank you for tuning into the program today. Please join Jim Stacy for another edition of Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting, next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This week, let the divine work for you and with you. You're bound to experience a new life.